Welcome to Starting Nowhere. I'm your host, Brandon. Do me a favor and make sure you click like and subscribe on whatever platform you see this on. And if you like video, come check us out on the YouTube channel at Starting Nowhere. Today, my guest is Joshua Valentin. Josh is a small business owner and an MMA fighter. His small business helps martial arts gyms start a website and run a marketing campaign. Today, we're going to talk about how it's been running his business, his upcoming MMA fight, and some of his favorite martial arts experiences. Please enjoy today's episode. Good evening to you, sir. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you going ahead and wolfing down that steak right quick so we get started talking everything, man. But, uh, <laughs> go ahead and tell everybody who you are and uh, how we know each other. Yeah, absolutely. So I am Joshua Valentin, uh, pro MMA fighter slash digital marketer, and we know each other from the gym. Uh, we trained together for a really long time at Greasy Tampa South. I think we're like two of the OGs. <laughs> yeah, man. Like when it first, first opened. Yeah, that's one of the crazy things about a place like that because – I was there before I moved to Miami. I was there for probably, see, 2011 is when I started, uh, okay. like a, yeah. early 2011 or something like that. So, and then I left in 2019, so eight years. You know what I mean? That's crazy to really conceptualize. But yeah, over eight years, almost a decade at that place. And you know, it's always going to be home for me. In some level, you know, anytime I come back through Tampa, uh, I always got to swing by GTS and stuff like that. So, I know I love those guys. <laughs> yeah, man. It's crazy. What's weird is, um, so I've done a lot of traveling with the military or just, you know, in general and stuff. And I like to try new gyms in different places. And even now living here in Miami, man, and there's, I haven't found a single place that I enjoy as much as GTS. It's really hard to make those kind of connections and really connect to both the instructors and the other people uh, that easily as, as I did there. And I know that's true for a lot of other people too. That's why, you know, Master Matt's school's grown as big as it has and everything. So yeah, it's it does a great job with the culture and everything, you know, within the gym. So yeah. it's very and different so, for sure. And because of that, that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. And I'm going to reverse the order. I think that we originally discussed that we were going to do. But one <laughs> of the things that I've noticed personally as somebody, as I said before, who's traveled around and tried to go to different gyms is MMA gyms, websites, martial art gyms, websites in general are God awful. They are some of the worst websites I've ever seen in my life. I I have. I know for a fact that other gyms have lost a lot of money, for me at least, because of how bad their website is. Because if I have to work to try to figure out what your hours are, who you are, like what your instructors, like all this stuff, I'm not going to do it. I'm not. This isn't the 1990s where I'm going to still take the effort and like make a call or something like that. There's like 20 other gyms. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. there's 20 other gyms around here. Give me the info I need. Let me figure out how I can come in and check you guys out. And then if you have people emailing back and forth, you know, be professional, be reliable, and all that type of stuff, whatever. So. When you told me what you were doing with uh, your new business, man, I'm like, yeah, there's a need for that for sure. But go ahead and break it down what your business is for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I essentially help gyms uh, get new clients without having to worry about uh, the marketing and sales process. So a lot of what I'll do is uh, I'll build a website if necessary, right? Um, and a lot of the times it is necessary. It's necessary. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but then I'll run, you know, let's say a social media campaign, whether that's through Facebook or Google, YouTube, that kind of thing, um, to their target audience. So, for example, one of the big campaigns that I have running right now is a 10-day free trial for a women's program. And uh, when I started with this gym, they brought in over 60 new members in the first two months. And this was like in the middle of COVID. <laughs> so it, it's uh really insane nice. and uh yeah the the results are good it's just the uh the technology is there it's just the fitness industry in general is kind of behind with the times and so um i learned in a like a technical it um aspect as i got into digital marketing um and then of course the digital marketers are extremely techie as well um, but to take even a sliver of that mm-hmm. into um, the gym world is amazing. You know, um, one of the simplest campaigns I have running right now is just like a Facebook ad where they click on it and it pops up to like a Facebook Messenger automation where it asks a few questions. You know, hey, what kind of classes are you interested in? Fitness, jujitsu, kickboxing, you know, whatsoever. And ask for their information, um, when they could come in and that type of thing. So it's easy for the gym owners to kind of log in look at the messages they have and they're like oh look so-and-so wants to come in for a jiu-jitsu class let me give them a call they said they could come in at seven you know um so to be able to streamline that process for gyms is a huge thing well that's one of the things man that i've learned over my years is that most people who own small businesses whether it be a massage therapist a yoga instructor or a martial artist they know what they do really well they don't necessarily know business all that well 
And so sometimes that means one of two things. You can go out and study it yourself and find out how to do that, or you're going to have to bring somebody in who can help you with that. And that's why I always try to tell people, don't be too proud to hire somebody who does something that you don't know how to do. Like if MMA is a perfect example of that. You know what I mean? You could go and train with somebody who John Danaher. Well, that's not a good example because I heard he actually knows striking very well. But yeah. <laughs> the point being, you can get somebody who is an expert level, expert level grappler, right? And you're yeah. not going to want to necessarily learn Muay Thai from them. That doesn't mean they don't know what they're doing. It just means that's not their specialty. And business is a specialty. And I think a lot of people start to disrespect that. And they, they wonder why their gyms aren't doing as well and everything. It's because look at your marketing. Look at your, how you're running your actual business. You know what I mean? You're running it like you don't know what you're doing because you don't know what you're doing. And I want to put a disclaimer in here before I get a bunch of hate messages or fights thrown at me. <laughs> I'm not talking about anybody specifically that I know. I'm just talking in general. But there are some shoes that fit out there. So <laughs> I don't know. Master yeah, Matt I've... obviously is not one of them. So I did with Master Matt. I actually uh, I, I had him help me out with one of my my MBA uh, capstones or whatever because he is a business owner who obviously has studied business and understands how a lot of that works and everything and it's just I wish a lot more people either did what he did or like I said hired somebody like yourself to help them out with that stuff it's it's pretty gruesome sometimes yeah it absolutely is and a lot of gyms just don't have a marketing and sales process in place you know um, it's important for any business to have a strategy to constantly bring in new clients or members. And I think throughout COVID was the most apparent time of that because, you know, a lot of businesses had to close and um, they lost a lot of members and not a lot of people were wanting to go to the gym due to, you know, XYZ COVID reasons. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, being able to stay in front of your target audience, you're always going to find people that are willing to come in and sign up and work out. There were tons of people that um, wanted to work out, you know, I know someone that I was helping that he has an online training program and we put out a free like body weight fitness thing, didn't run any ads to it or anything completely organic. I think he got over like 550 signups within a week. It was just nuts. Um, nice, nice. you just have to know, you know, where to find it. And, uh, it's kind of like, I believe in taking the GSP approach, right? GSP will go work with John Danaher for his jujitsu. Mm -hmm. He'd go to Freddie Roach for his boxing, yep. and then he'd wrestle with the Olympic uh, Canadian wrestling team. You know, um, he went to the specialist to accomplish everything, and then of course he had Faraz Sahabi help put everything together, and um, he fought that way. Uh, I think it's important for businesses to have that as well. You know. Uh, just to cover all aspects of the business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things you see with specialists, again, like martial artists and other people. Sometimes they, I don't know if it's, again, I don't know if it's pride or what it is, but they don't see themselves as that type of business, but you are. If you look at uh, the CEO of Facebook, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, he's not running marketing for them. He's not running the finances and everything like that. He hires people to do that. You know what I mean? And that may be on a part-time basis, maybe on a full-time basis. And sometimes that's what I think a lot of businesses get wrapped up around. It's like, we don't want to waste the money. It's like, well, it's only a waste of money if it doesn't work. If it actually brings in more <laughs> clients, then it's not a waste of money. It's a cost for bringing in those clients. And that's exactly the type of stuff that I think that a lot of them lose focus on is because when you're running a small business, you're already a lot of times bootstrapping it and you're so close at any given time to going out of business because you don't necessarily have the capital to keep it running and everything. But you have to understand when it makes sense to spend money to bring that extra capital in. Because once you start that train and people coming in, now you can really get some word of mouth going and everything like that. And maybe you cut back on your uh, advertising dollars, but you still pay for people to keep up your website and all that type of stuff too, because those are very important pieces. Like I said, in the 21st century, man, uh, and in 2021, if you don't have a website, I don't trust your business nearly as much. Like, <laughs> I, it's, that's where I'm at. And it may be because I'm a millennial, maybe because a lot of things. But what it tells me, number one thing it tells me for me is that you don't care enough about your clientele to give them a very basic information source that everybody uses today. You know what I mean? Do I think that Master Rob is out there uh, coding his website? No, but he has a website. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like these are the things we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And um, a lot of that will trace back to like having a good social media presence. You know, everyone's on Facebook, everyone's on Instagram, everyone's on YouTube. And uh, that's more on the organic side of things. And um, I do encourage that on um, some of the other programs I do. The main one I do is like the, you know, the ads to the automated text and email follow-up with uh, appointment scheduling and whatnot. But uh, when I do get a little more intertwined with these businesses, I do help them develop a more organic strategy as well to where they're posting on social media or, um, just kind of staying on top of stuff because with some of the gyms that I work with now, a lot of their clients will Facebook message them. 
you know, they're, they're not really going to call them. They're not going to send in an email, but they'll definitely send Facebook messages or, you know, reach out through YouTube or Instagram or, you know, wherever they're seeing the constant, uh, the content going. And, and that's the thing. I, like you said, you go to where your clients are. Don't just, you know, set up in a, a shopping mall somewhere or whatever. And they're like, ah, they'll find us. We put a sign up or whatever. No, that's not how this works. You got to bring them in. You know what I mean? And th that's what I really hope we get to see more of. Because like I said, you like you said, excuse me, uh, martial arts gyms are one of the worst businesses hit by COVID because obviously they're in close proximity to one another. So people already have that. And then you had governments that were shutting things down. And there's just like a bunch of factors added up to that. Right. So I'm hoping that as they come back, they're really modernizing their businesses in that way. And it can bring even more clientele in there and do know where you like turn this into a revolution for their business. It's a perfect time to do it. And I, I like I said, you've got to have a web page. You've got to have at least a basic social media presence these days to really represent yourself in the best way possible. Because again, we're not talking about you becoming the next uh, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, or any of these like huge content <laughs> creators for these platforms. But what you do need to do is show people that you are, uh, you're out there and it makes them trust you more for one, but also it gives another way for people to find you. You know what I mean? It brings all that stuff up. So I think it's important to keep doing that. And with people like yourself, again, who not only are good at the marketing side of things, you understand it as a martial artist yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And kind of growing up in the gym, you know, I've spent my whole life training something, you know, I think when I first went to Gracie Tampa, I was 15 and I had already been training for a few years. You know, um, I, I grew up in the gym and I know the gym inside and out. Um, I even worked with the gyms, you know, uh, to this day uh, at the gym that I train at, I'll talk to leads that are coming in, you know, people that are asking for more information and I'll sign them up just because I, I have the sales process down. And that's something that, um, you mentioned earlier about people communicating with the clients and needing to be professional and that kind of thing. And, <laughs> you know, the way some of the, uh, some of these people talk to the prospective clients, you know, will turn people away. Um, so it's important to have, you know, not just the marketing process, but like a true sales process to where people feel comforted coming into the gym and to tie it all together with, let's say Matt Arroyo, he does such an amazing job. You know, um, you walk through the door, first thing you see is the front desk, right? Someone's there to talk to you. They'll run you through like GTS, what they do. You'll get a tour of the gym. You get to try out a free class. They talk to you afterwards, mm -hmm. see how you like everything. Like Matt Arroyo has that system down, like it, down, you know, and it's part of the reason why he's been yeah. so successful with his business. And, you know, again, I'm not saying that he did this purposely or anything like that, but I'm just saying pointing out how professional that is. You know what else, what other models do that? Equinox, you know, or or uh, what's it called? L.A. Fitness, all these. Yep. That's how they do mm -hmm. it. They don't just let you walk in and, you know, give you a pass. Hey, go check it out. Let us know what you think or whatever stuff, which is what most martial arts gyms do. And I'm not saying it's a terrible strategy, but have that contact with them. Let them see the features they may not know, because if you're coming into a martial arts gym, you may not even know what you're looking for. You, A lot of people have never trained a day in their life, so they don't know what they actually want. They don't know why it's useful to have these extra pieces of equipment, these extra classes and all that type of stuff. And having somebody there to walk them through that can help them make up their mind in that way. Because again, you're teaching them what they don't know already, and you're showing them already how to represent a gym. So when they come in and they see that, like you said, they see that person who can talk to them professionally, can show them things. But, uh, a lot of times, I think they start running through like little mini privates with them and stuff like that now yeah. too. That's a lot better than just say, hey man, come hit the mat, see what you think. Like, I don't know what to think. I, I know I got <laughs> choked a bunch. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? What does that mean? You can't just leave me alone to these wolves. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And people are terrified of going to the gym. And I think a lot of us even forget that because we're at the gym every day. I don't know about you, but that's my happy place. You know, I, I sit around all day like I can't wait till I get to the gym. Um, but most people, especially people that are going to a new gym or are new to the gym or new to martial arts, um, they're going to be very nervous and they might need a little handholding and encouragement in order to get through it. Um, something the gym that I'm training at now does extremely well is anytime anyone comes in for a new class and it's their first time, they get pretty much their own either advanced student or coach that'll work with them and walk them through everything that needs to be done. Cause you know, if it's their first time, they're obviously going to need a little more handholding and encouragement, uh, like we're talking about. And it's super important to have, to allow them to feel welcome, you know, and to kind of calm those nerves a little bit. And one of the things, man, that I think a lot of people who haven't trained don't realize too, is that gyms have personalities. 
You know what I mean? And I don't mean like the individual personalities. I mean, if you go train at one place, uh, let's just go through the Tasty, uh, excuse me, the Grand. Wow, I can't say the words right now. <laughs> Gracie Tampa <laughs> Network. I was mixing those letters all up. Uh, the Gracie Tampa Network, you've got the Fighters Gym out in West Chase, right? You know, uh, you've got GTS, which is your more professional, like a lot of this. Uh, they have a lot of um, families there, a lot of parents and everything like that, too. You have the original up in North, which is a lot more laid back and has uh, a lot more of the loose schedule and everything like that. And Rob obviously runs his school a certain way. I don't even, I don't know if they have Gee there anymore. They didn't for a long time. I don't know if he went back to Gee or not uh, up in North. But but the, the point being that each gym has a personality. And even if you go outside the network, too, you're going to go and it's going to have the personality not only of, its, uh, of the founder there, but it's also going to have the personality of the people who are there and everything else. And so... Finding that fit for you is really important. And so if you have somebody there to introduce them to that personality of the gym, that can go a long way for new people. Because like I said, when I go to new gyms, man, I know immediately what kind of gym it is when you meet people <laughs> and you start talking to them. You're like, after training for a while, you can feel it. You're like, oh, this is a gym where I might get hurt. Not because yeah. I'm not talented or anything like that. It's just because these dudes are going to, they don't know what they're doing. They don't respect the, the training part of it and they're going to try to hurt you every night. You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't like that. I'm not here. Like, dude, I'm, I'm 35. I'm not out here trying to be the ultimate fighter anymore. I want to train. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not out here trying to get my uh, heel hooked by some dude who, who's just like really ripping and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm not into that. That's not my vibe. For some people that might be what they want, but no, nah, man, uh, that's know, not me. But I, so I think when you're developing that personality with, like I said, with somebody like yourself, it's important to not only market that personality, but also make sure that you know how you're managing it. Because if not, like I said, one bad experience, because even GTS, GTS is a super professional place and all that stuff. But if you walk in and you see uh, Adam Cantor and uh, like Terry Janowski or somebody else like that just going at it because they're training hard for something that's coming up, that may put the wrong image in somebody's mind. And again, I'm not saying they shouldn't be doing that, but you wouldn't have to know how to represent that. And generally speaking, if they're going hard, you're going to put them on the other side. You're not going to have them in the very front <laughs> where a uh, new white belt is going to see uh, Adam grab Tony Francisco by his head and throw him over his back and everything. You know what I mean? Although yeah, everybody absolutely. else who's there loves it and will cheer for it, that may not be the first image some people want to see. Yeah, for sure. You know, they come in and they see people sparring or, you know, even rolling and they're like, ah, I don't know if we're ready for that. And it's like, it's okay. That's not, you know, but someone needs to tell them that. You can't just let them walk onto the mat and watch two dinosaurs freaking go at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly, so, man. You get a uh, King Kong versus Godzilla on one side of the mat and <laughs> they're, they're not going to want to be there, you know, <laughs> unless there's a friendly face or someone, you know, to talk to them and kind of ease them into what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of, you know, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla and everything, you've got a, you got a fight coming up yourself, don't you? I sure do. June 5th. I'm so excited. It's been, I think, two years since my last fight. So, uh, um, man, I am. I can't wait. <laughs> Definitely gets me yeah, pretty you got, excited. You've got that a few weeks out hunger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, a few weeks out hunger. You can you kind of see it on you. So tell me, how the how's training for this fight been? It's been fantastic. You know, I, uh, I moved out to Orlando, so now I'm training at Fusion XL. And... Uh, I love Gracie Tampa. I love those guys. And man, they gave me such a strong base. Uh, but I felt like I needed something different just to round out my skills. You know, um, my style mm -hmm. has always been a little different, you know. Um, and so out here, it's a strong like wrestle jitsu is the way I've been explaining it. Because um, it's a strong wrestling base yeah. with good jujitsu, you know, and then they have a good, you know, kickboxing um, boxing program as well. Uh, but Definitely, you know, the strongest point out there is the jujitsu and the wrestling and the MMA style of it, right? Um, I've been feeling mm -hmm. so good, so good. And I'm very thankful to have kind of the level of people that are there. You know, we have a lot of like Jacare or Machida coming through. Um, Alex Pereira came by. That's the guy that knocked out uh, um, Adesanya in kickboxing. Um, I got the role with Glover Tertiera, which was amazing. You know, that guy, nicest guy in the world. And he hit me with the smoothest arm Gorilla. drag I've ever been hit with <laughs> in my life. Yeah, yeah. And the funny part is he didn't muscle that at all. It was just like pure technique and timing. And like as it was happening, I was like, he really just hit me with that. <laughs> um, but my training has been going so well. You know, I don't want to say getting beat up by these guys, but I'm not winning these rounds, but they're also not killing me. You know, um, they're making me work. They're they're. Uh, putting me in bad positions, and I feel very comfortable. I, I, I really don't see an opponent I can fight that'll put me in more uncomfortable positions than these guys. You know, 
Um, especially having someone like well, not Rodolfo only that, the, all the guys you just yeah, all, all the guys you just listed are giant too. Those are big yeah. dudes. You're not talking about dudes your weight class by any means. These are big guys. So it's going to be very hard for somebody uh, in your weight class to put the pressure of like a Glover Teixeira or, or Jacare or even Machida, who's not the biggest guy, but he's still pretty big. You know what I mean? Big, yeah. I mean, compared to me, I'm not, <laughs> you know, I fight at 145. So yeah, yeah. we're talking someone that just fought at like 205. There's, he cut weight to 205. Yeah, yeah. I've never been 205 in my life. um but yeah no it's i've been feeling great you know i managed to put a big focus on my on my wrestling and really put together my striking to blend everything so nicely you know um and it's nice to have my last opponent uh matt ferriolo who's a very good black belt um i lost a decision to him a couple years ago and it's great to be able to train with him every day and like he exposed the some holes that i had in my game and being able to work with him every day and you know get that covered up has allowed me to improve exponentially and that for me at least shows that you're not one of those guys who's fighting with anger you know what i'm saying like you're fighting because it's something you enjoy doing and everything like that because if you're fighting with anger sort of in no disrespect to them i i'm fans of them like a lot of other people but the diaz brothers right they fight with anger. Like they, they, they need that burning inside themselves to really go out there and do what they do. But it, yeah, I think it sometimes closes you off to being able to train with these people. You know what I mean? After, because like if you were going into that fight with this guy and you're treating him like Diaz where you're starting a fight at the press conference or something like that, you know what I mean? You probably can't train with them later. So you, you cut yourself off from learning from those people and everything. And I think at the end of the day, for people like yourself, it seems like you get this uh, the same as I do, is that this is martial arts. And like, yeah, there's fighting in it, but it's really more than anything it's supposed to be a test for yourself and for your skills. And it's something that's enjoyable in that sense, not street fights. You know what I mean? Again, different people are different ways. Some people need that street fight angle. They need that energy and everything like that to do it. But I I think that when you're like yourself and you can go and you can learn from somebody who's actually fought you and now you can step back and be humble and go, Hey man, what was it that let you kind of, you know, beat me last time? What did you see? What did you feel? Where did I get you? I surprised you. Where can I work on more and that stuff? So how, how, how has that been mentally, you know, just working with an, a former opponent? How was that when you first saw him in the gym? Or did you know going into the gym he's going to be there? Um, he was kind of new to the gym when we fought. Uh, so he wasn't – he hadn't been there for quite a while. But seeing him in there, there was no problems. I mean, I've never I've never had any problems with any of my opponents, you know. Uh, there's obviously always smack talk leading up to the fight. But uh, to me, it's a competition, you know. And I love competition. And I love martial arts. Um Hey, there's no hard feelings and I'm always down to talk smack in competition. You know, I grew up playing football and we yeah. talk crap to each other all day, every day in the game, out the game all the time. Uh, and it's the same way, you know, even my opponent, we've had a little bit back and forth and um, it's, it's all in good spirits though. You know, um, I love to have fun. I love to poke fun at people. You know, I talk a lot of crap myself, uh, but none of it comes from a bad place, you know, uh, in the fight, I'm going to try to take your freaking head off. Uh, but after the fight, you know, well, my last opponent, we we went and grabbed drinks after, you know, we we're like, hey, good fight, hell of a fight. You know, he broke his hand, uh, I think hit me on the forehead at one point, And I had a big old lump on my shin from him, from him blocking one of my kicks. And, you know, we just kind of laughed it off and shared our injuries and had a couple drinks and, you know, got on with our night. And and that's how it's been for me too, man, whether it was jujitsu competitions or or my kickboxing matches, you know, uh, you talk to the guys after the fight. It's never, it's really weird energy, but it's also kind of like, very calming because what else are, they, are we going to do at this point? We just spent, <laughs> you know, th- uh, six minutes, whatever it was, trying to knock each other out and kick each other in the stomach, head, and all this stuff, whatever. Like, I've got no energy left to be angry or like upset with you. So you're like, I have this very calm energy talking to one another. And you're like, man, you really caught me good with that uppercut, stuff like that. And people who haven't done that, it's so weird to them. They can't, like, it's hard for them to fathom because if you get a street fight, like, we're not talking pretty much ever again, most likely, you know what I mean? Like, unless <laughs> right. the cops are involved or something like that. <laughs> so, oh, so yeah. are you uh what do you think what are you thinking with your upcoming fight you're thinking you're just gonna stick heavily to probably the the wrestling jiu-jitsu style i mean don't give anything away obviously not that he's gonna watch this <laughs> but what, what are you thinking for this fight what what challenges do you see uh for your particular opponent uh so this guy is a, a very similar style to me honestly um strong wrestler i think he's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu he has pretty good striking um i've actually trained with him uh about a month ago or so, he came and visited my gym and we sparred and uh, we had a good round. And, you know, I, I just definitely feel like I'm a little better everywhere. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, it's no secret that if I if I can get the takedown, you know, I'm gonna maul you on the ground. Uh, but honestly, I've been getting more and more and more comfortable with my striking that I might just leave it on the feet for a little bit and leave it up to him to initiate the grappling exchanges and see how that goes for him, you know? Because um, that's the thing, I want to grapple, right? But if I have to force the other person into grappling with me, that makes them take more chances than they need to, you know, uh, to where they can expose themselves. It's risky every time you take a shot or you wrestle. It's exhausting. It's exhausting, you know. And he's a no, he's yeah. an explosive guy. Yeah. Um, he's a little shorter than I am, more muscular than I am, um, and I just want to wear him out, you know, stay in his face, um, keep the pressure on him, whether that's wrestling or striking, and just grind him, you know. Um, there's going to be a lot of crazy energy in the first. Like I said, he's an explosive guy. Um, he has a good blast double. Um, he, he might take me down in the first round and I'm going to get back up and I'm going to punch him in the face <laughs> and I'm going to knee him in the body and then I'm going to take him down. And, you know, he's going to use all that energy and come second and third round, he's just going to start drowning. You know, um, that's the plan. There's no secret sauce. There's no secret moves. There's just, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to drag them into deep waters and drown them. And I think that's one of the things I love about MMA at large uh, is that there really isn't a lot of secrets. You may like hide a little bit of your game plan that like, we're going to, we're going to shoot a lot of singles. We're going to do, you know, like hide some very specific technique or whatever. But at the end of the day, the guy knows you're going to do, try to take him down and choke him out, break an arm or something like that, a uh, heel hook, whatever, uh, or, or knock him out. Like, there's no secret yeah. to which you're not going to find some secret dim mock technique, you know, when you touch him in the chest and his heart stops. That's not <laughs> what this is, you know what I mean? So, like the Josh Fabia? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh my God. The death choke? That guy. Can we, let's, let's, let's tangent on that for like a few seconds. What is going on there? What? Uh, oh, I feel so man. bad too, man, because like, again, for, for anybody who's watched – MMA for a long time, particularly the UFC. Diego Sanchez, that's that's Ultimate Fighter One. Like that's that's OG as you can get when it comes to a lot of this like popularity that the UFC has now and everything. And to see him go down that road, man, you're like, oh, that's just sad. It's not even funny on some level. It's like sad because you I know it, better for the guy. I can't even laugh at it anymore. You know, with the last couple meetings and now with the him saying Diego saying that he's worried the UFC is going to kill him now. Like he's really just. I think he needs help, you know, um, yeah. and Josh Fabi has really taken advantage of him. And Diego was always kind of nutty, but that that's what was like lovable about him. You know, um, yeah. he was always kind of nutty, but it transferred into his fighting it transferred into his passion. Um, and it was good. And he did get mixed up in weird stuff here and there. Like I remember there was like a Stevia guy or something that he got mixed up with where they're claiming that it cured mm -hmm. everything, you know? Um, yeah. But it really sucks that, you know, like the UFC kicked him out a week before his fight because, you know, him and his coach were just too off the rails. And it's very unfortunate because I'm a huge fan of Diego Sanchez. Huge fan. And I think most people are, man. Like you said, he's a really weird guy, which is exactly why you love him. The yes cartwheels and like all that stuff or whatever. The yes uh, cartwheels, it, yeah. It was, it was him and Clay Guido, right? Dude, him and Clay Guido yes. that had that like crazy fight. It was absolutely uh, insane. And so, like, you see somebody like that in, without trying to diminish the importance or, or the severity of what I'm going to say next, I do think there's a good chance that somebody who's been in the game as long as him, there's some, you're seeing some CTE uh, type of conditions and everything like that. And I'm hopeful that, like you said, he gets the help that he needs and everything because if he just has people who appear to be pariahs for all intents and purposes like Fabia, uh, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, to be honest, but uh, then you're <laughs> going to see a lot of that go wrong. And I I'm, I really hope that he can get something out of that man. But like this Fabia guy, like I've seen those kind of guys before. Um, they're they're very scammy, very just strange for strange purpose, right? Like some people are just weird. Like Diego's a weird guy, but you see, it feels like sometimes Fabia is weird to be weird. Like that's his whole thing, and it feels like for for, for some people it makes him more spiritual or more connected or more whatever it is and stuff like that. But one of the things I saw, I don't remember what who which fighter it was. Maybe it was Joe Lozon. Uh, I don't recall, but it, it, they suggested that Fabia should fight Jake Paul, and I'm like, yes, do that. I, I love that because there's no bad outcome of that. <laughs> I would, yeah. Whatever happens there, that's that great. Fight. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely. would love yeah. that fight. Oh my goodness. I take just about anybody yeah, that, else over Jake Paul, but <laughs> Jake Paul over Fabio all day. 
<laughs> as, as long as long as somebody gets knocked out in that fight, we're good to go. I don't care which one of them it would be. You know what I mean? I would have no problem with either of it, whatever. But uh, which is, by the way, can we talk about that too? Uh, Jake Paul, like I, I have no problem with the dude trying to make some money boxing. Uh, ben Askren, come on, dude, you could have done better than that. That's that was pretty bad, but it's it is what it is. But DC, like, dude, no. That's I, I, I want DC to do it just because I know how it'll go and it's going to be a great paycheck for him. But DC is not Ben Askren no, <laughs> by any stretch no. of the imagination. So did you see, I think it just happened today, but the Paul brothers and like Mayweather oh. got into it. I, I um, saw a YouTube headline for it, but I didn't actually click on it. Cause I'm like, well, yeah, for, again, Floyd Mayweather knows how to market a fight, man. Cause he's not, he's an extremely talented defensive fighter, but it's boring as crap for people who aren't like boxing fans, like really, really enjoy oh, boxing. Yeah. And so yeah. that's how he makes his money is by talking all this crap, getting everything big and everything like that. And so are the Paul brothers, that's what they do. They're just professional yeah. douchebags. essentially. <laughs> So so check this out, right? I, I don't know the difference between the Paul brothers, and I should by now, but I really don't have them in mind. I don't know who yeah. is who. Uh, but one of them is supposed to be fighting Mayweather. And I guess they were talking, and he grabs Mayweather's hat off his head and is like, ooh, I got your hat. And immediately Mayweather gets up and starts popping him. Uh, he starts swinging <laughs> on him, and you know all the security guards and stuff start coming in and separating them and whatever. But – I think they're so used to being, you know, these social media stars and be able to get away with these antics because it's like, who have they fought? You know, I think between the two of them, it's been like Ben Askren, KSI, who's like a YouTuber, uh, Nate Robinson, who's a yeah. basketball player. Like, who have they fought? So now they're messing with someone who's a real fighter but by the and way, he's not taking shit. <laughs> not that Ben Askren's yeah, not well, a By fighter. the way, you have to keep awesome. in mind. Right, right, right. But but he lost that fight to KSI too. So it's not even yeah. that he fought a YouTuber. He lost to a YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And so now they're trying to keep the same antics up. And, you know, this is this is real world. This is real fighting. And uh, someone like Mayweather is not going to take disrespect like that very lightly, you know? <laughs> well, it's just crazy to me, man. And that just shows you how much entertainment is involved in the fight game a lot of times and stuff is that you fight KSI who I didn't watch the fight. He's a, I don't know him on YouTube or anything like that, but he has some level of fame. And then you fight arguably the greatest defensive boxer of all time. That's your, that's your jump. Like that, again, I'd probably do it because you're going to make a ton of money. I would absolutely but, do it. Yeah. But, <laughs> like that is not a way to actually have a career in this. You're going to, what are you going to do after Mayweather? Like what happens after? Where does you're, it go? Yeah. you're going to be 0-2-1 or 0-2-0-2, whatever his record is, because I think he has like a draw or something like that. I don't know. I, I've seen a few different reports about it, but uh, where are you going to go after Mayweather? You're going to, you fought a YouTuber. Now you fought Mayweather. Who's next? Connor and Connor <laughs> will hurt you again. Connor, yeah. he's a power puncher. He's going to hurt you. Mayweather, you have a chance to, to like go down easy. He's going to, he knows how to work the game. He's about his money. Number one, he, you're not going to touch him. So he doesn't have to worry about you knocking him out. And then he's just going to, box you up and then you'll get tired and then it'll push you down basically right but no yeah. if you fight somebody like connor or dc or something like that they're gonna take your head off they're gonna make it hurt they're gonna body shots all day just to make so you can't go out you have to feel it <laughs> yeah absolutely and you know the thing is with those guys though because you asked about where they go next i will give them some credit in that their their marketing is fantastic right mm -hmm. and i don't think the the fan base that is watching these like troller fights, you know, the fights with the Paul brothers and stuff are the same as the boxing fans who will go out and watch like right. Lomachenko fight. You know, they have their oh, own man. group of people that are willing to buy their fights. And honestly, you know, we can put Jake Paul against Bobo the clown next. And I, it's probably going to sell extremely well. You know what I mean? They could pick up some bum off the streets and they could definitely sell the fight just because of uh, how big social media stars they've become. And, and that's certainly possible, but I, I think from a pure money-making perspective, what I would would have recommended is a ramp-up, right? Like, I think they're doing that with Jake. I do think that Jake has a lot more room to ramp. I don't think that he's dumb enough to fight DC or Kamaru Usman or any of those dudes <laughs> who he knows would hurt him. He's going yeah. to, but he keeps the, he keeps his name out there. He, he bickers with them and stuff like that, and then he keeps taking slightly more respectable opponents until he does take somebody big, gets beat, and then he retires because... 
he's not making uh, his his main money from this. You know what I mean? Boxing is something just bringing no. more YouTube and content creation money and everything like that. So I think he's doing it. But Logan's like, I don't want to do this more than I have to. He's like, so he's doing the KSI. Now he's doing yeah. Mayweather. He's like, and I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to sell it. Because Logan Paul was just on The mass Singer too. So he's, he's just spreading it everywhere he can. And I don't think he's trying to make any serious run in boxing or anything like that. No, but it's it's genius. Like these guys are making more money in a couple of fights than a lot of boxers make their whole career, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And that's also why a lot of people are really pissed off about it. But uh, man, more power to them because they can they can sell these fights and they can sell them well. And they're not very good for where they're at, like technically. Um, but I mean, they're cashing in, man. And ultimately that's the goal, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's nice to go and be champion and whatever, yeah. but uh, that's more of a pride thing. That's not gonna set you up for life. You know, these guys go make a few million dollars <laughs> just boxing, you know? They don't even have to look good. And, you know, it's, it's hard to be mad at that. It really is. No, like I said, I don't, I don't hate to hustle no. at all, man. No. <laughs> I, I'm here for it. I respect what they're doing and everything like that. but. I like I said, I just I just hope that they're at least intelligent enough to make this work the right way, because like I said, Mayweather is the boxer you want to fight. Not, yeah. Again, not because he can't hurt you. He won't. He, he he'll choose not to. Mayweather, again, he knows how to work this. You saw what he did to Conor McGregor. Yeah. You saw what he's done in uh, the other fights. The only guy he hurt was a guy who was dangerous to him. And that was that. Uh, I think he's Japanese. The, the kickboxer tension. I think mm. his name is tension something or other. Tenshin Nasukawa, uh, he fought over. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And because that dude could hurt him. He knows if he knows <laughs> if he didn't put that guy away, that guy could hurt him. But he knows Conor McGregor wasn't going to hurt him. He knows that uh, Logan Paul's not going to hurt him. So he's not going to hurt them. He only he's only going to hurt people who are threats. Plus, to be fair, Mayweather breaks his hands like all the time. So he's not usually going to punch you that hard, especially now he's like, what is he, 44 or whatever he is uh, these days? Yeah. But so that's the guy you want to fight. Been retired, just make sure like, you keep it to those type of guys. Uh, he's not retired. He's more active than dudes who are active. <laughs> <laughs> he's retired uh yeah but yeah. could you imagine something happens and he gets clipped and he's like half the size of those guys you know they, oh, yeah. he's man like because uh, the two piece that ben Askren got hit with i think if anybody got hit with that they would be rocked they would be hurt you know um doesn't mean the setup or the footwork or anything surrounding it was any good yeah but i'll tell you what that jab cross that two landed hard and there's a reason why ben askren's head bounced off the mat because he was out you know uh he might have gotten up and he recovered whatever but that man was out um so man could you imagine he just if they land i mean it's mayweather so yeah they're not gonna right. land but you know <laughs> and that's that's the only reason the fight's at all intriguing is because like you said he outweighs him by like walking around weight walking around weight i think he outweighs him by like 50 to 60 pounds or something like that he's a way bigger guy but i i also think he does he's making him cut weight and mayweather's not cutting weight he's walking in so he's got a 50 fight head start on you he also is one of the greatest defensive boxers all time and he's not cutting weight it's like man if he again anything could happen this is the fight game i'm not gonna but it's just so unlikely that he clips him again because like that's his whole thing is defense like Boxers who box yeah. their entire lives can't. So though, if I, I'll, I'll say it now. I'll say it out loud. If Mayweather gets clipped and he goes down, it's a work. I just can't. You can't sell me that it's not a work <laughs> if Mayweather gets hurt. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, man. It's just, man, but could you imagine, like, my mind would be blown. Because um, I think if he, if, if he lands, right? But that's the big if because no one really lands on Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Um no one shit not even Pacquiao <laughs> it's crazy so that's that's my thing if he if he does if somehow Floyd does something and loses that fight I'm staying off the internet for like a week I'm not listening to this this <laughs> it's gonna be on it's gonna be the worst oh my unbearable goodness. all these people uh, who are actually fans of Logan Paul are gonna be unbearable the disrespect for professional martial artists and boxers <laughs> and everything like that is gonna be at all-time high I just hope, like I said, it's hard for me to see Mayweather losing for one because, like, he's undefeated. So this wouldn't just be yeah. a loss that you did stupid. This would be your only defeat, and it's to Logan freaking Paul. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. Mean, You're out of the goat. Like, conversation think about it. Sure. He's getting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's getting old. You know, he's he could be slowing down. We don't know. Um, and then the size difference. I mean, there's still a lot you know going on because. Um, yeah. 
he has to be able to open up Mayweather and cut him off with his footwork and actually hit him. And I, and I highly doubt he'll be able to do that. Uh, but God forbid he catches him in the corner, you know, um, but Mayweather doesn't really get caught in the corner. So, you know, but man, it's, it's fun. It's fun to think about just. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know what this is? This is, I don't know if you remember this fight or not, but it's James Tony versus Randy Couture. Oh yeah. Cause you're like, Oh, but what if, what if you're like, Randy Couture is a wrestling style fighter, but also a heavyweight champion. He's not gonna get punched. You're like, well, yeah. what if? What if? And then you watch it. It goes exactly like your brain told you. He did a low. Uh, what do you do? A low single. Low him, single. And he took Super it down, low just, single. Yeah. Yeah, and just beat him out. You're like, the yeah, that, low that, that I've seen about what yeah, <laughs> he just reached out and grabbed his ankle. He didn't even like. He didn't set yep. it up. He didn't do it. He just reached out and grabbed it and pulled. You're like, oh, can you just do that? It's like, because <laughs> you go and you try it in the next <laughs> day in the allowed? gym. You're like, no. You're like, no, you can't do that. Because as soon as you do it, the person, what are you doing? Get off me. <laughs> yeah. It's like the CM Punk fight. That's another one, right? Oh, I think he yeah, trained yeah. like a year for his fight. He trained for a year. He trained at a super legit gym in uh, Rufus Sport. You know, they have mm. fantastic guys coming out of there. Amazing program. And everyone was really hyped about it. And I think anyone who knew, knew. Yeah. There's no way you could train for one year and compete against a professional fighter. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but you know, they did a good job hyping it up and him training. And then you see him, you know, leading up to the fight and he didn't even, he fought and nobody that was not in the UFC. He was yep. also not a good pro fighter. I don't even remember who it was and he got mauled Mickey and it was Gall. like, uh, no, yes, Mickey Gall, but I like Mickey Gall, man. I think he's actually pretty good. Um, yeah, well, I'm just saying that's who CM Punk fought. That's who it he, was. He yeah. lost a career off of that now. He's been okay. He has. Yeah. But yeah, I think he, he was 1-0 as a pro, right? Then. Yeah. He was like 1-0 oh and yeah, a brown yeah. belt or something. And uh, he got mauled. And Mickey Gall just demolished him. And I think it's what everyone, if you know MMA, that's that's kind of what was expected. Uh, but still, you know. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> you, always, you always have that hope, though. Like, even again, even people like us who've trained for like a decade or whatever and stuff like that, we, we still get sucked into it every once in a while. You're like, just maybe. We're like, what if? What if the, the only people, the only person that I can recall that has actually been able to turn that into something was Kimbo Slice, you know, rest in oh, peace yeah. Kimbo, but Kimbo Slice, you saw those, all those Miami uh, backyard fights and everything like that. And you're like, Oh, this dude is tough and everything. And then of course he goes into MMA, gets knocked out by uh Seth, Seth, I forget his last name. Petrizzoli. Dude, like, yeah. Anything like that. Yeah. 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 See, I almost said Petrullio. I knew it was something close to that. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but like, so, and then, but then he does the humble thing and he goes on the ultimate fighter and he realized Kimbo's a nice dude. Like, he's actually just, like, a super cool dude. And then he actually uh, starts to get a little bit of uh, training under him. And he was okay. He wasn't a bad fighter. He beat Houston Alexander. You know, he beat some legit dudes and everything. He just – he had arthritic knees, man. He just couldn't keep up. There was no way. He was yeah. too old by the time he, he was already kind of old, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was, like, 40-something. All I that think, street fight he was, like, damage. having his third fight. Oh, that's bad. That's real bad damage, too. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Like I said, there is there is some intrigue with those type of fights. There always will be, even though I don't want there to be. I, I want it to be exactly what it is, and it will be, but I'm not paying for it. I refuse to pay for stuff like that. Now, if no. now Jake Paul might have got He's me. Crazy. If Jake Paul fights DC or Kamaru Usman, I'll put some money down for that because that'll be hilarious. But I, not, I still there's no that way that happens. There's no way that happens. Yeah, he would get flatlined. And they'll come out to hurt him. They'll probably put him away in the first round, you know? Because um, they're they're not going to try to cash in. They're going to go in and, like, hurt this man, you know? Yeah. Um, even – did you watch DC when he adjusted on the Ariel Hawani show? No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't. So DC um, – he was like, listen, I'm not going to box this guy. He's like, if he wants to fight, we'll do an MMA fight. And when we do an MMA fight, I'm going to elbow you in the face. I'm going to take you down. I'm going to knee you in the body. I'm going to punch you, and I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, if yeah. you want to fight, I will fight you in MMA. And, man, DC is not a guy you would want pissed off with his, uh, with his caliber, you know? Yeesh. No. Oh, yeah, so that's goodness. the thing, man. I think I, I don't know how much again, I don't know how much he knows about DC if he was doing it just because he thought it was funny and he knew that DC would like uh, that it would bring some more people talking about it or not. Or if he doesn't know who DC is. And I'm like, did you see DC's fights against John Jones? Like the first one, especially. Yeah. Uh, but like he picked John Jones up and just threw him like and that's again, John Jones is one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. 
DC is yeah. not that dude. He again, he's got a gut on him, but he with that gut, that's what's more embarrassing. With that gut, he will Roy Nelson the crap out of you. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Those are life goals, man. When I'm retired from fighting, I want to be like DC. I'm gonna be a little bowling ball walking around, fat and happy, and just an absolute killer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing, man. DC, DC is one of those dudes who, for sure, if somebody's not careful, they're gonna like try to world star him or something like that, and then they're like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" The next thing they know, they're like head over heels. He's like throwing them <laughs> into cars and stuff like that. Like, he's a dangerous dude who does not look like a dangerous dude. And that's what you you got to respect it. <laughs> and a nice guy, and I, I relate yeah. a lot with. Uh, with DC because I'm very much the same way, you know, I'm very smiley, happy, like not mean type of person. Um, that being said, you know, <laughs> when it's time to fight, it's time to yeah. fight. And uh, I think people, even with DC, you know, he caught a lot of disrespect throughout his career because of how nice he was. Uh, but just cause he was nice doesn't mean he isn't going to beat your ass, you know? <laughs> yeah. But but think about a lot of the champions, man. If you think about uh, Anderson Silva, nice guy. GSP, nice guy. You know what I mean? A lot of the dudes. To, Khabib is a nice guy, really, unless you yeah. push him off. Now, if you get Khabib right. mad, that that all goes out the window. But that's true. <laughs> I think a lot of these guys, right? Like if you're a fighter, man. You you're gonna walk around like Billy Corntillo, nice guy. You know, Favola, nice guy. Like all you, nice guy. All these people we know. They're still a fighter. Like they're still that's still yeah. in there. Like if when you flip that switch and you go to that other part of your brain. Now, all that nice guy stuff has gone out the window. So they, I think the people just have to really understand what it is that happens. And that's why they're nice, because they get that out. You get to get that out so much, it's hard, you don't have it in you as much. But you can go there at a moment's notice at any given time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's funny. There's a question I get asked all the time. And it's like, uh, I they say, whenever you walk into a room, do you size up everybody in there? I'm like, no, I don't. Why? I don't need to. And that's something that a lot of other people, I guess, do. You know, you find the people that go do other stuff and are in physical shape and they're the first ones who want to fight. And it's like the guys that do fight, they're the last ones to want to do it. Plus, I get paid for this now. Like, there's no way (laughs) I'm going to go fight someone for free. Are you kidding me? Like, I will send you an invoice in the mail if I have to fight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That'd be great. You just you like you you choke some dude out on the street and he wakes up and he's got like a, a Venmo request. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me that exactly. pay per view money. I need that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. I, I, yeah. I won't lie. There are certain times that I have like fake fights in my head just because I get bored when I'm like walking my dog or something like that, and I'll just think about it. And like the people aren't even doing anything, and they're not like being threatening or anything like that. And I'm like, <laughs> how do I, I just go? How do I think this guy fights? It's like he looks like he's gonna like launch a, a hard uh, overhand right. Like I'll duck under, you know, body clinch, you know, take it down because I don't want to hit my head by doing a blast double on concrete. Like just have those kind of thoughts, just because it's fun, not because like I'm sizing yeah, anybody yeah. up or anything like that. But I just get bored, and that's where my mind goes sometimes. So like I try to think about it in like very technical terms. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like all right, I I definitely want to elbow. Yeah. I don't want to break my hand, my fingers. You know, trying to punch or anything like that. Let's like, like what would I do? <laughs> <laughs> See, man, I, that's the funny part is I do the same thing I do to fighters now. You know, I, I'll just Khabib them, I hit the body lock, take them down, and you're not getting back up. <laughs> you know, no, why risk hurting anything? You know. Yeah, unless you're some giant guy, either the muscular or or, or uh, like kind of obese or whatever. Yeah, I'm body locking, body locking all day. Because yeah. then I can decide once I have the body lock on you what I want to do. And I'm just more comfortable there in general. I like Greco a lot more than like uh, blast double legs and stuff like that or whatever. But so I'll get the body lock and then basically I'm like, all right, I can just trip him and take him down, choke him out. Let's just do that. That'll be simple. There's nobody else around, blah, 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 whatever. Like yeah. just try to do, really give myself time to analyze the situation because I'm not trying to get any fist fight. Like I said, I'm, I'm too old for that for one and two. I don't need the energy injuries, man. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to type at work the next day or whatever. And I got a broken <laughs> finger. They're like, Brandon, you're working really slow today. I'm like, ah, yeah, I got in a street fight. Well, can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. And I love the body lock, man. That's, that's, if I can get a body lock, I'm just going to ride it out. I'm going to wear you out. I'm going to drag you down and make you carry my weight, you know, and, and definitely for MMA purposes or really in general, it's just my favorite way to wrestle and take people down. Cause it's like, everyone can shoot a double everyone can shoot a single and you know that's what everyone goes for but it's exhausting and it's hard and you're gonna get sprawled on and you have to chain wrestle and (laughs) there's just so much to it whereas you catch a body lock and you break someone's center of gravity and it's it's done you know 
Not only that, and this is exactly why Randy Couturier, I think he used to talk about it, and this is why he did it. But when you get a body lock, it's really hard to hit you. So people can't, and it, and if they do try to hit you, that just gives you more control to like take them down really easily or whatever and stuff like that. So you're also protecting yourself uh, it, by getting the body lock position because it's hard to hit, and they got to focus on breaking it. If they don't focus on breaking it, then you're like you said, you're going to take them down or you're going to grind them against the fence. Whatever you're doing, you're just exhausting them the entire time, and it's just safer and stuff like that too. So uh, if if no one takes anything else from this podcast, what they've learned is if you get in a street fight, body lock. <laughs> Body lock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but first, know what that is. Make sure you know how to body lock. Don't just hear that and like, oh, I've got all these secrets and then rush into a punch because you don't know what you're doing trying to body lock somebody. <laughs> Running in with your arms out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, like, you're just reaching for it. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Still got to learn to wrestle, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, don't buy any uh any courses from the back of a magazine proverbially obviously nobody's reading magazines these days but nobody's going to teach you the secrets of fighting you know how to fight training repeatedly in multiple situations will help you get your head on because the first thing you have to do the first skill that every martial artist has has to learn how to think while being attacked that's the first thing if you can't get past that stage it doesn't matter what technique i show you you're never going to get to the next thing which is actually controlling yourself in that moment because that's the hardest part is getting past oh god this guy's trying to kill me punch me in the face choke me break my leg whatever it is he's doing i've got to think about this that's the weirdest thing to see a punch coming and not freak out but just move an inch like move an inch just to the left just so it just misses yeah, everyone's got a game plan until they get punched in the face, right? <laughs> oh, true talk, man. I don't, I don't know if you're like me, uh, uh, but when I did kickboxing, when I did jujitsu, when I've done any of the competitions I've done, it doesn't feel, feel real until I get hit, until, until like there's an exchange, you know what I mean? Like I still feel like I'm kind of sleepwalking until that first contact. Even if they don't like land like hard or anything like that, but they just hit my glove or whatever, like I need like something. Or me, even me hitting them sometimes. And jujitsu, that's why jujitsu is hard for me to compete in because I – it feels so weird. I'm exhausted and yeah. struggling against something, but I also feel like I'm asleep all at the same time. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely kind of the same way. Like it, it doesn't register. I don't really get nervous before my fights. Mm -hmm. um, just because it's like not real to me until it is, I guess. It, it's, I'll tell you the moment when it hits me is when they're announcing the names, right? When both mm -hmm. people walk in, you do the, you know, the walk around, they lock the cage and, uh, well, not necessarily like the cage, but they close the door, they have the announcer say everything. And then at that moment, you know, you hear the crowd, you hear everything, and then it hits me and it's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> um, but even then it's like, See? until the things get started and it's always awkward at the beginning um, until it settles in. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm trying to work on is just getting settled in right away. Cause you see some of these guys like, uh, or girls, you know, I was going to use Thug Rose as an example. She's so good. But she comes out and she's immediately, she's moving. She's finding her rhythm. She's throwing her long range weapons out and um, just staying super calm. Whereas me, it's kind of like I'm super calm. I moved around a little bit. But the second there's like an interaction, it is like we are going, you know. And uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's, you know, the Diego Sanchez like in your face style is nice, but it's also exhausting. So I need to find that middle ground of like. <laughs> that in between i think it's that antsiness where it, it hits me you know and i'm so ready to go that we just we start going no absolutely man like i said it's a very challenging thing uh to really switch flip that switch and everything like that and for, for me it's kind of the opposite of what you said i'm nervous my mind my most nervous in the waiting room waiting for them to call your fight like that wait where you're just sitting there and like that and you're just waiting for it that's the worst for me but as soon as i get in the actual uh ring or on the mat or stuff like that I feel nothing. I'm like a sociopath. I have no emotions like whatsoever. I feel like I'm numb. Like that's what I was saying before. I feel like I'm sleepwalking until this yeah. contact starts. And then then all I'm doing is, you know, trying to figure out what, what I'm doing next and everything like that. But it's it's the strangest thing. I'm nervous when I'm the safest. But when I'm actually yeah. in danger, huh. the nerves are gone. <laughs> yeah. See, for me, I'm nervous until the the action actually starts, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like I'm nervous yeah, from yeah, that yeah. moment where they announce me until the first punches are thrown. And the second the, it, we get into the fight, we're good. You know, I'm lizard Braden is on and I'm just like focused in thinking about things that I need to think about in the heat of the moment of the fight, you know? Um, and it's funny, like how aware you are of things that are just going on. Like it's a, it's really a game of inches, like you said, where you have to move your head mm -hmm. an inch, not like 
three feet across, you know, um, <laughs> it's, it's all about minor adjustments, you know, just tiny, tiny steps, you know, um, it's a game of inches sincerely. And, and it's crazy how much, like even just a small miscalculation can ruin your whole night. Like with, uh, Thug Rose and, uh, um, Weile, Zhang, Weile, Zhang, Zhang Weile. uh, but with the head kick, right. Um, she, she was expecting a leg kick and she pulled her hips back the same way Sunshine taught her to do. And it was up top, you know, and it was one of those things where she zigged where she should have zagged, you know, <laughs> it's such a, such a close game. So you got to stay focused on top of everything. Was she trading with Sunshine for that? Um, there's actually a video of Sunshine showing her like how to pull her hips back to avoid leg kicks. And you see her do the exact okay. same movement, and she pulled her hips back, but she left her head forward, and she got clocked right in the head. Mm. That's probably one of the coolest experiences that I've had. Is uh, not long after I got here to Miami, I was looking for a gym, and I found there was a Sanchai seminar, so I got to train Ooh. with him. Oh, that that's was, amazing! That was dope. Holy, I'm yeah, jealous. That was, that was <laughs> crazy. Like that I said, that that was crazy, but it was really weird too because. <clears throat> I don't know what happened, but it sounded like he may have. There may have been some conflict between his management team and the gym he was supposed to do it at. So, like two hours before the event, they go, "We're no, we're no longer doing it at this gym. Uh, we may try to cancel. We're going to try to find another location." Then they put out another update and say, "Hey, we found a location. We're going to do it uh, over by uh, Muscle Beach or whatever at Miami Beach." So we on were training beach? in the grass. Yeah, we were in the grass. We weren't on the sand. We we're in grass. Um, with like pine cones and everything around across from uh, on ocean street or ocean drive, whatever it's called across from like all those restaurants and bars that people are at. So we're training, like, you know, do going through whatever with Sanchai and stuff like that. Boy, and there's yeah. people just walking by taking pictures and stuff like that. And like somebody ran up and like, uh, was like trying to do something or whatever. I'm like, this dude's going to kick you in the head. He's like, get out of here. You know what I mean? It was the <laughs> weirdest experience, but, but again, that's one of the things about martial arts. I've trained in some weird places. I've trained, you know, overseas and done all that stuff, whatever. It's, it was really fun, but I got to train with Sanchai on Ocean Drive on Miami Beach. Like, that's that's an experience I can't really replace. You know what I mean? It was weird. I, I cut my feet up and everything like that, but worth it. I'll, I'll take that. Totally worth it. Oh, absolutely worth it. Oh, man, that's amazing. Yeah. So uh, thanks, man, for coming on here and everything and spending your time with me. And before we go, I want to ask you one more question. Tell me your favorite story or favorite person that you've trained with. Favorite story or person that I've trained with? Oh man, there, there's really a lot. Um, I'm still, I'm still gonna have to go back and say Joe Lozon, you know, yeah. um, oh man, I've been so lucky, you know, him coming to, uh, Gracie Tampa South and getting to work with him. And he, he really takes the time to answer my 20 questions. You know, um, we still keep in contact to this day and I'll text them here and there and stuff. And, um, Training with him, I've learned a ton. Just talking to him, I've learned a ton. I think he's one of my favorite people that I've met in MMA, period. You know, um, he's really helped me out a lot and looked out for me, and I've learned a lot. And his ground and pound is ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous. Out of everyone that I've rolled with and trained with, I think he has the most frustrating ground game because it's like he's going to take you down and he's going to do a lot of damage when he does. You know what I mean? He's going to hit you and he's going to hit you a lot. <laughs> And there's even like the really high level good jujitsu guys, a lot of times, you know, they take you down, they might hit you with a couple strikes here and there, but they'll work to pass your guard and take your back and try to submit you or whatever. And Joe Lozon is like, no, I'll sit in your guard and punch you in the face until you open your guard. Then I'm going to pass your guard and punch you in the face some more, <laughs> you know, um, and learning just so much from him um, over the, over time has just been fantastic, you know, um, Definitely, hands down, one of my favorite people just in MMA, I think. Absolutely, man. Creepy Joe, obviously a huge <laughs> friend of uh, GTS and everybody there. And I, I I was at a seminar that he did at GTS, you know, back in the day and stuff like that. Super nice dude. Thick Boston accent, of course, and everything, which is great. <laughs> this is exactly what you want him to have and everything, right? But uh, he, yeah, man, he's such a nice guy. And then one of the OGs of fighting, too, when you, come to, you talk about his style and those bloody fights, some of those fights where he got cut. And then he would, you know, still pull it out and stuff like that or whatever. you got to love guys like him, man. Uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. Oh, Joe yeah. Lozon is one of the coolest people I've met through this whole thing. One of the things that's weird for me, I'll say, is that I, looking back now because of where everything is, this is how long ago it was, we had uh, Gordon Ryan at the gym before he was 
known as Gordon Ryan. Like he was still obviously on his path to becoming right. what he is now, but Gordon Ryan did that seminar when he was like basically like a 19 year old kid, or I don't remember how old he was, but he just got his black belt not too yeah. long ago or whatever. And he was just a like the nicest guy and everything like that. And now he's a little bit more aggressive and a lot bigger, obviously, or whatever. But yeah, uh, <laughs> some of the crazy, like I said, man, that's the thing he's- I love about MMA and jujitsu and just the martial arts at large is you get to meet your heroes. This isn't NBA. You know what I mean? I'm not going to meet yeah. LeBron James in, you know, unless I get lucky or something like that, but I have trained with Sanchai. I, I, uh, here in Miami, one of the gyms I did train at was, uh, Mario Sperry's. So I've rolled with Mario Sperry, you know, a true legend from oh, pride and everything yeah. like that. So you're just not going to get that almost in any other sport. And I love that. Yeah. I, I agree with you completely, man. It's such a crazy thing, you know, just seeing these guys that you look up to, you know, moving to this gym that I'm at and it's like, even seeing the Machida brothers just walking through and I'm like, Oh my God, you know, and I grew up being a karate guy. Um, so it's like, you guys were the reason why I thought I could do this thing, you know, cause I was out here doing karate and I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I'm like growing up, getting older. And then I see Leo Machida freaking demolishing people in the UFC, you know, winning his championship and everything. And I was like, wow, you know, I could do that. And so being able to see these guys just walking into the gym, you know, dapping me up. Hey, Josh, what's up? How's it going? <laughs> you know, it's still to this day. It's like, whoa, it's freaking crazy. I'm a little disappointed you didn't do the uh, the Brazilian like Portuguese accent that a lot of them have. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what they sound like at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all, man. But I'm not even going to try to attempt it. I have terrible, uh, <laughs> terrible impersonations. Matt Arroyo has amazing impersonations. Should get him to do some. <laughs> yeah exactly man so all right joshua i really appreciate you coming on here uh good luck on your fight homie i know you you're training hard for it and you've got a about four weeks or so out i i can't wait to see that man is it gonna be on pay-per-view or anything like that yeah so it'll be uh on through combat night uh mitchell runs a fantastic promotion uh they actually ran i think the first like no crowd event um through covid like they they did it before ufc or anyone else did it um, and kind of paved the way for it. So it, those guys are awesome. Um, it's going to be, you could go to their Combat Night website or Facebook page and they'll have a stream up for the fights uh, June 5th. I think it's like a $20 stream if you guys 